What is going on, boys and girls? Welcome to yet another episode of the Murfanko Experience. Uh, it's just the boys today. Uh, me, Big Bear Murph, and and the Bayou Batty, Nola Jeffy. So, it's a mailbag episode, as you all know, because I've been poorly promoting it on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I even set up our own podcast email for this shit. So whoever reached out through email, I fucking appreciate you because that was literally the only reason I made it. I usually give out my personal email, but it's all good. So without further ado, I'm just going to introduce my man Murph here. What what's up big bear on? what's up buddy what's going on i'm doing good doing good doing good getting still getting used to that but I, i'm liking it even more each time Rawr. <laughs> i can't get over that man like i was i was driving on my way home and i'm like i gotta come up with something creative for murph and i call him big bear so it's like definitely something i could use but I have a special request from Nola as a little intro music so he can feel welcomed. So here you go. What's up, you degenerate asshole? Not the top for saving. What's up, Nola? How you doing, buddy? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. A lot better, you know, as I was uh talking to you before we did this uh pushing the reset button on my water heater works so i didn't have to do any more uh figuring out i was afraid for you man i thought your house was gonna blow up and shit like i'm i'm over here Uh, crazy things go through my head because that's just how i work but uh i'm glad did you take a power shower before you go Uh, i took a i took a power shower i I, I turned it on was like oh yep it's getting warm let's get this over with (laughs) (laughs) you know what we should have done we should have got a little x-rated and had nola do the podcast from the shower because that would have (laughs) been fucking fantastic (laughs) that would definitely draw in some ratings i don't know how annabelle would feel but i I, I don't know (laughs) but boys we do they would have never let you do youtube (laughs) yeah switch it over to youtube yeah the one episode, yeah. and we could use that that crazy encryption that I was telling you about last night. Oh no! Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> Never again, Murph. Murph, I'll I'll have to like share that with you. The the weird encryption that I stumbled upon. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's bad, but <laughs> you should be because it, it's it's like messed up. But um, we do have a show to get to, boys. I know I know we have fun just bullshitting, but we do have some pretty damn good questions from the fans of the show so the first question we talked off air it's probably the most difficult question out of all of them but it's the most fun to talk about so this one comes from tyler hernley and he said who is the prospect that will make his debut that very few expect to see so soon now things start rushing through your head you're like okay we might be thinking top prospect here we might be thinking middle of the road who who knows right like someone we don't expect so 
I'm still thinking in my head, wondering a couple of them. So Murph, Nola, I'm going to let you fight it out for who wants to go first in mentioning. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let, we'll let the, the, the special guest go first on here because he's got me intrigued with what you guys were talking go ahead, you when know. I jumped All on right. here. Oh, you're letting the DJ go first? Yes. Yeah, man. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I get, like, we were talking last night. Uh, I was like, well, you know, he said top prospects. I figure it's got to be someone higher up on the list. And then uh, someone you uh, very few to expect. So, obviously, you know, there's a bunch of guys it's like, well, Cruz is obviously expected. You know, Ronji's expected. Castro. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like even – I don't know if I could say uh, if like Priester, if like if he made a debut, people would kind of expect that still. But uh, my my choice is Bay, G1 Bay, because uh, so mine. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, he's a degenerate. He's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Going up with the name. <laughs> I just because I mean, on one hand, I mean, I feel like few would expect it just because of I mean, not so much that Tucker or Newman are gonna hold them back but you got Cruz you got Castillo Castro so you got all those middle infield guys already but just between um like how I talk about Swaggerty you know with defense and speed those are two things that Bay's gonna bring that could push them quicker plus the fact that they started you know giving them outfield time so with his wheels they could stick them out there and, I mean, I don't know if he would get center field time because I feel like they're not going to move Reynolds off center field until they have a true yeah. guy that they trust to be there every day. But I think him and Alfred might fight for some time if the scenario works out the way you say it. Yeah. 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 But that's what I mean. He could – there's a bunch more places he can play, second base, anywhere in the outfield, probably yeah. shortstop in a pinch, even though I don't, I don't think he's played shortstop in a while. I don't think – did he play shortstop at all at Altoona? I don't think he did, did he? I don't he, think he didn't play at Altoona. It would have been like – we're talking probably like GCL kind of thing, probably yeah. the last time that he's actually played short. Yeah. Yeah. If he's has at pro – if he's done it all at the pro yeah. level. Yeah. I mean, as we saw with like Jared Dyson, speed and D play, mm-hmm. even if you don't hit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. shout out to Ben Charrington for getting some kind of deal for Dyson because like that that, that, that was, was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to get anything for Dyson was insane. Back when you could trade international free agent money. Yeah, uh, that was that's the Pirates' bread and butter for a long ass time, man. Get, yeah, get free, mm-hmm. yeah, international free agent money. Yeah, um, that's how we got Piguero or not Piguero. Um, his name slipped. Solomon McGuire. Sorry. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. That's how we got Bay. Well, yeah. the Braves kind of fucked up with that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was that we was the it. first part, and then the second part was when we traded Cutch and got that IFA yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. For him. Yeah. Yep. All right, so Murph, since the D-Gen okay. stole, stole your uh, choice there. Well, it's, it's a good thing I have a couple. Of, so, like, I thought about this, like, a couple of different ways. Like, you could think of it as, like, you know, maybe a prospect that you don't expect that has, like, a breakout year and, and just kind of forces his way up there, so, kind of like Contreras did last year. I, I thought of it more of, 
like in the Max Cranick situation from last year to where it was more out of necessity. He guess maybe someone gets moved up. And I think the two positions, when you look at the way the roster built up, obviously pitcher is probably the most obvious one because, you know, yeah. injuries happen with pitchers. You don't know how many you can go through. Someone could, someone that you wouldn't, we not even maybe hear that we're talking about, just kind of slide up and, and come in there. Mm-hmm. And then along with that outfield, which is why I originally came up with Bay, um, maybe a name, if you're talking top prospect, if, if he kind of, if he keeps hitting the way that he did last year and like, obviously like he was like the, the breakout guy, but like maybe, maybe someone like Matt Frazier kind of just keeps hitting and, and yeah. maybe, maybe the power doesn't, maybe the power isn't like it was in Greensboro, but he was still finding, you know, the gap to get like doubles and stuff like that. So like, and he, he can play anywhere in the outfield. Speed so plays too, if he man. keeps it. Yeah. Yeah. Speed plays. So one of the maybe, problems maybe if you're looking at if you're looking at top prospects like he's probably the one that you would probably least expect out of the top mm. prospects like you could there's a whole bunch of guys that that were like in the Altoona rotation that you probably wouldn't consider top prospects that probably aren't thought of like uh Travis, Travis McGregor or Trey McGo or something like mm. that those those would probably be like if we're not talking top prospects those would probably be my 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 answer then probably one of those two so, I like Trace I like that pick yeah. Right. Yeah. So like I, I look for pitchers, look for pitchers because you know teams are gonna go blow through so many. There there's a good chance someone that no one's talking about is gonna get that get a call. And mm. I, I feel like those two would probably be the most most uh deserving. It's <clears throat> yeah, like the trajectory they're going through. We all know Dwayne Underwood Jr.'s arm is gonna fall off eventually, right? <laughs> eventually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought of someone like Frazier too originally, but then I also thought about the fact I mean, what do they have? Eight outfielders on the 40 man right now yeah 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 but like like i mean how many of them do you expect to, to like maybe how many of them do you expect there to be the entire time like we don't know how oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah um albert <laughs> like we don't know like they added swinsky because they had to but like yeah. he still may not be be right i'm not saying they're gonna like take him off the 40 man but like he's on there just because they they're afraid to lose him at this yeah. point if well, uh, so kind of just plays his way in there yeah, that's, that was when I mentioned to Cody too that I was like, maybe Swinsky just because he's on the forty man. Yeah, yeah, that that like I thought he was probably the first name that I came across, but I I thought maybe because he was on the forty man, that'd probably be more of a obvious answer kind of thing. Do you think yeah. the DH is gonna benefit a guy like Swinsky now? Gives him Swinsky, an opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely someone like Swinsky. Yeah, um, I, I so like. I instantly uh, thought of Cal Mitchell when the Cal Mitchell's probably the biggest, came up. biggest name. Yeah, he's probably um, the biggest name that's going to benefit from that. Yeah, I mean, he could be a guy too. So. It's Paul. I he was on the three guys that I thought of, um, and I, I don't know if this is considered cheating. My pick, um, but mm-hmm. you mentioned pitching probably. And, and and Nola, <laughs> and Nola squashed my one, so I'll mention him later. But I think Cody Bolton. I mean, he's not I, – I guess you could kind of expect just because of the time frame. He, mm-hmm. He's kind of due for major league experience now with his age. But with the injury, you never know. And I'm pretty sure they're going to work him out of the bullpen type of deal just to limit innings. And I think yeah. he benefits more as a reliever anyways. 
And mm-hmm. like I said, Dwayne Underwood Jr.'s arm's got to fall off eventually. And a guy like Cody Bolton could slide right on in. No issue. You mentioned Mago. Mago has also proved uh, a lot of people uh, wrong recently. Bear Bellamy, someone you can also look at as potentially he, uh, being he, a guy. had a really good fall league. Yeah. Person, you know, not well, exactly like, the kind of guy you get, you imagine getting sent there. And he, 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 he hung his own with some of the, the better names out there. So, well, he had that one, one appearance, was it in Indy at the end of the year? And he had like four K's in two innings or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as we all know, uh, you know, you listened to the Minshaw episode back in Pirates Unrestricted days, and he talked up Bear Bellamy like that was his mm-hmm. own kid. And yeah. I, Maybe it's a little biased just because Minshaw's my dude, but I, I don't know. Bear Bellamy is someone that sticks out a lot to me. And Bolton, Which just reminded me, I need to, we need to find out what that tattoo is on his leg. I just yes, remember that <laughs> Oh, the cross out the name. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be a bad breakup, man. Something. That has to be. Probably. It has to be. Oh, and I also, I'm, I'm going to hit up uh, Alamace to see if he has a guy in NOLA for you. Um, I know his right. cousin does his tattoos, and and I think it's Bronx or Brooklyn, something like that. But he has to have a guy down in Tulane. He had to. Yeah, because I, I got tattoos in the one spot he doesn't. I need to get the rest covered. <laughs> the calves, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got, I got both calves up. That dude is just a uh, walking mural. Like, did you see his back? Like, his back is completely mm-hmm. covered. It's crazy. That's just pain city. Like I thought my chest hurt. I can't imagine that, man. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. That that is a lot of time and money because yeah. they're not cheap. Yeah. Like the last one I spent like yeah. 300 bucks on plus tip. So we're talking like 400 bucks there. It's crazy. I'm but, too indecisive to do something like that. Oh, you're getting a face like, tattoo. You're getting a face. Oh, you're no. getting a teardrop. Like you need a teardrop. Oh, he's getting a teardrop, and then he's gonna get your, y'all's new logo uh, on his chest. No, no, I'm getting, I'm getting it right there, like right on my belly, like right okay. the top of my belly. I told, I told my dude, I'm walking around all summer with no shirt on. I don't care. Like I have flubber, but it's beautiful flubber at this point, man. <laughs> all right, so I'm pretty confident with the names that we mentioned. Are there, like, I, you had, like, eight names, right? So who else was on your list? I'm curious because I know Carter Bins was on there, and that was a guy Carter I was going to mention, one, too. And that was more of a, like, like I was saying, like, positional need kind of thing. So yeah. we're not sure how the position, the, the catcher position might shake down. He may a guy that gets forced up there more out of need than, than anything. Um McGregor touched on go Bay, Frazier, uh, Oswaldo, uh, Beto, 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 yeah, yeah, Beto. that's um, Noah's dude, <laughs> yeah. So, like, as, as a reliever, stuff like he, he had his moments last year and 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 stuff like that, you know, got to call up to AAA with everyone, I'm not on any anyone's prospect list or anything like that, but like, no. you're gonna need arms to get through a season, yeah, and, well, that's and, I mean, and he's right there. Someone that has even started to come on top 10 list, Burroughs. Because, I mean, I if they want to stick them in the bullpen, yeah, he's, he's another yeah. guy that can move, like, insanely quick. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are mentioning Majinski, like, getting, like, shot up. 
And I, I don't know if I see that just because of injury concerns. Yeah. I I don't know. It's possible just because, like I said, the age. I mean, same thing with Frazier, yeah. age. Um, yeah. Because everyone lost a year, so everyone's older it's weird. where they should yeah, be. Yeah, it's yeah. weirder than it had been in years before. Well, that's the thing. A lot of it, these guys, too, which probably plays into that even more with uh, needing pitchers. I mean, a lot of them have injuries or spent time on I.L. last year. I mean, Ronzi did. Steerland's going to be coming back. He injured. Bolton was, has been injured a lot. So Steerland's a guy that I, I think is going to be a – I wouldn't call him a dark horse, but, I mean, they're stretching him out as a starter, which I'm kind of digging. I, yeah. I can't I, hurt. Can't hurt. Worst no. case scenario. Okay, just going back to throw one inning. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Okay. I, I could dig it. Um. The next question, relievers and stuff like that. Yeah. How, how about like a really, really dark horse? Really, really, a lot of good things have to happen. Mm-hmm. But as a reliever, uh, what about a like Tanaj? Like if he just solves Ooh. everything, and you just want to out of the bullpen with that fastball. He's one of those guys that like things click as a reliever. He could be the one that goes out because he's kind of earned it as opposed to, Mm -hmm. as opposed to. He has to clear the R5 though. Is he going to? Yeah. That I don't, if if I'm a team right now and I saw that they didn't, that the pirates didn't protect him. Like I'm absolutely at least bringing him to spring training. Yeah. And I mean, like there's no, I don't see a reason why I wouldn't. You want a super dark horse. Who's also rule five eligible. uh, Oliver Mateo. Yeah, that's yeah. my boy. Yep, that's that's Murph's yep. dude. Uh, it, excellent piece on Mateo too. Two, yeah, two plus pitches. Oof. Two nasty, nasty pitches like that. Yeah, if he. Yeah, the, like, the, like if I'm looking at it too. If I'm looking at it as a, a another team team's GM, like I mean, what what does it hurt to to bring him to spring training? Take a flyer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah if I got to send them back, whatever. I gave it a shot. If I can uh, work I with them and figure something out. And it looked like Mateo started to figure out some stuff at the end of the year, too. Yeah. Slider's so. dirty. I also yeah. want to see some Yeri De Los Santos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think as far as like relievers concerned, like he was he was someone I thought of, but like I, I just kind of like maybe that's just me or, or stuff like that. But that was a little more obvious of a of a of a thing with him yeah. ending in Indy last year. Yeah. I, love I don't know. There's there's a lot of good choices, and I think that was the best question that we've received in like all the mailbags that we've done because they, it, it sparks it conversation. Yeah, it sparks it sparks a pretty good conversation. And another question that sparks uh, some maybe heated talks uh, comes from Pirate Queen Banshee. She is like a diehard fan of the show. <laughs> like she comments on everything we we tweet. Yep. Like it's crazy. Um, but her question was, if you had the power, what would you do in the next CBA to create competitive balance between the teams? There's a lot of topics in the air that could solve that. Um, one is a salary floor. I don't know if that would work. What, 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 what does the two gentlemen in front of me have to say with that? Because I know we talked on this before. But has minds changed? Have philosophies changed? Like, what's going on? Murph is like dying. On that one. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, it's 
this whole CBA thing has my just head hurting and like it 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 hurts me as 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 a baseball fan to see like just how much how damaged the sport is right now and I, I don't I'm like just I feel like making forcing people to spend more doesn't get you there unless you can limit how much on the other spectrum they can spend so like obviously a floor would come with a, a, a ceiling I would imagine yeah I, I guess that theoretically that would be the best way to kind of limit things but like when you look when I was looking at it I was I was looking at some stuff today and like I don't know what you would want like the salary cap to be at like would like 200 million be fair most team most teams are like before you factor in like before you factor in like added salary and stuff through the season and all that most teams that opening day were under that anyways now are you talking floor or ceiling as far as the 200 million figure the ceiling ceiling yeah like the ceiling yeah like 200 million not many teams were over that anyways like obviously the Dodgers got there pretty quickly you know adding uh Scherzer and and, uh, Trey Turner and everybody and stuff like in the Mets yeah the Mets were so and like obviously those two teams weren't any you know they didn't make the World Series they didn't win the World Series and 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 whatnot so yeah maybe something like that makes it more competitive but just so so much maybe it's just all the bad that we've heard lately just like kind of dampered my mood to like is this game really fixable to the point to where we can have like actual competition competitiveness throughout everywhere I mean other sports have salary caps and you still have teams that like you just know you just know are going to be crap every year and then you have teams that you know are going to be like even okay you can put a cap on the Dodgers but they draft they draft really good as well. So, yeah. okay, worst case scenario, they can't trade a couple of those top prospects for a guy who's going to throw them over the sa- the the salary cap. Now they just keep keep them, and they just have them. There. So, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know. Salary cap, I guess, is the easy answer. I don't know if there's any. I don't. I just don't know if that actually fixes it. If you add the floor, though, I mean, we talked on this several times. You're going to give a guy like Tyler Anderson $12 million or $15 million instead, instead of, of what two. he got. Yeah. Okay. And, and that doesn't instantly make him better. That definitely doesn't make your team better. And no, but it makes the books spending look more better. money now. Yeah. And I thought about this, too, because, like, watching – and think about this, like, how it translated to, to baseball. Like, it, it, in the NBA right now, they have, like, the play-in game. And there are teams that are like making moves because uh, when you know Thursday was the trade deadline, they're making moves just to be competitive and to make the playing game. They're okay with just making the playing game because the, maybe it's an extra home game. They get a little bit of that extra revenue they could throw in their pocket from from the the tickets and whatnot, and they're just okay with that. Yeah. Like they're just okay with being average, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, are you gonna? If you force the pirates to spend more, it it doesn't necessarily guarantee them to be better. Yeah, because they have it to doesn't still get, spend it well. Yeah, yeah, and, and it just comes back to like, okay, let's say that you had to get up to get the pirates up to maybe not a hundred million this year, but let's say eighty million. So right now, what what is that like forty fifty million dollars? Who out there right now are you going to spend forty and fifty million dollars on that legitimately makes your team better that you think is going to 
actually sign with the Pirates. Carlos Correa. I guess that's going to sign with the Pirates. <laughs> well, I mean, the one one way that would work, I guess, would be then you'd be uh, what's the word? Uh, then they would be more uh, reasonable to extend Reynolds right now rather than should we? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, be like, well, we got to get up there. So, okay, we'll give so you this in there. extension. And then Hayes, give him an extension. Um, that's what, I mean, yeah, that that is a good point with the salary cap. I mean, yeah, the way I would think about it is as the owners have presented their offer for a salary cap, it, it wouldn't work. And the way mm-hmm. I know Ethan has talked about a lot is, it's actually what they're saying with the, what was it? hundred floor and 180 ceiling. Yeah. They'd be saving money. They wouldn't actually be spending. So essentially you would have to take, if we say $10 billion in revenue, 50, 50, that's 5 billion divided by 30 teams. It's comes to around like 165 million a team. So you'd have to find a way to get the average payroll to 165. And then that way it would be 50, 50. Um, so I don't know, would you start with like a one fifty floor and a two fifty ceiling? And then your cheap teams are going to obviously stay at the one fifty. Your yeah. Dodgers are going to be at two fifty. Um, but it, I guess the one thing it would push is it would incentivize, or I don't know necessarily incentivize the right word, but again, a team like the pirates to actually extend a Reynolds, and not be like, well, he's got two years left. Let's trade him now, yeah. which is, you know, what the Rays <laughs> keep doing. But yeah, uh, so- another thing I, I was thinking as you were talking, I'd like to see, or I wouldn't mind seeing if they did something similar to like how the NHL does, or even, I guess, in a way, the NFL, where basically like a player's clock starts as soon as you draft them, sign them, you know, pretty much the way the Rule 5 works. But rather than they're just available for the rule five draft. They actually become free agents and that would just create so much more player movement. So are you hitting on like service time manipulation there with what you're yeah. saying or yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So do you think having, you know, one game equals one year of service time kind of deal? Like, is that what you're saying? Like the clock starts? Well, no, I'm just, just saying that. So you draft a 18 year old kid. Yeah. And I don't know what would be, you would have six, seven years of control yeah. from that point, not six, seven years from when they reach the majors, six, seven years from when you draft them. I got, okay. I got, that's right. Saying. Cause like, like yeah. the NHL, they have the restricted, restricted free agency, which yeah. is, you know, prior to free agency, it could be something similar to restricted free agency. And that way you can't manipulate when their service time starts. It's just, hey, you drafted him, you got seven years. After seven years, yeah, you can't hold him. He can go somewhere else, anywhere else. Yeah. I, I, do you think that would fix teams like the Pirates and Rays and all the small market teams? Like that kind of seems like it kind of screws them out of the deal there because that's what they do to mm-hmm. succeed, yeah. quote unquote. You know, and I – I don't know. That's a great idea. I think, I think that's definitely pro player because that, mm-hmm. that way they can maximize their potential at a faster rate, because let's mm-hmm. be honest, <laughs> you're basically the team's bitch for 
a long time. And then you're what, like yeah. 30, 31 before you can make that $200 million contract, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that's a severe risk when you think about it on the player's end. So yeah, yeah. it's pro player, but it's not pro pirates. And it kind of is like a catch 22 in that situation. You know, it sucks. Yeah. But and that's what, I mean, even, uh, I mean, like kind of, when Murph was talking about the Dodgers, I mean, really a lot of it is going to come back to, you know, development. Cause even when you look at the Rays up until this past year, when, you know, like Taylor Walls, Wander Franco, uh, I think, was it Josh Lowe? One, the, one of their like 20 lows they have on their roster or had. Yeah, they, they got another one, one of the Rangers. They got another one coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he debuted this past year, but yeah, they're, they're third low, but I mean, they really hadn't developed their prospects that they drafted well. Like, Blake Snell was their one developed prospect up until, like, this past year or two. Um, They were just – they've just been a lot better at finding someone in another organization, like Meadows and Glass now, saying we can push them over the top. Yeah. Murph and I touched on uh, Franco a little bit. <laughs> Do you honestly think he's going to serve out that entire contract as a Ray? Probably no. not. I mean, depending on the CBA, maybe. But well, yeah, I guess I guess it would could change based off the CBA. <clears throat> one one thing about the salary cap too that makes me, I think, instantly of like hockey with it, and I think of when you think of the pirates and maybe not the Rays, cause like they're a little more successful with figuring stuff out historically. Um, I think of like the Arizona coyotes and like the other teams that just like barely scrap by. And, and I, I feel like, like a salary cap too. the, the risk of that too, it maybe doesn't create competition, but like teams like the pirates who are going to probably definitely want to just stick at the floor to eat mm-hmm. bad contracts and stuff like that. And, and that would be like another way. So like the, the Dodgers can go after like so-and-so and push themselves right to the thing. And if it doesn't work, ship off a couple of the prospects to the pirates, because we know they're going to struggle to get. And then like, okay, so the pirates are spending 150 million. They're getting it all through revenue and they're getting it all through players that are way past their, you know, and it's it just another, mm-hmm. another site. Okay. So we get a couple of prospects because we're eating a contract for them. So then we can barely scrape by on the salary for, for, I, I, I just, I just feel like it's, that's, you know, a set, I guess that's just one of the, the de- downfalls of that kind of cap system. Cause like the coyotes, what they caught, they caught lightning in the bottle that one year. And, and yeah. since then it's just, well, okay, you have a I bad contract. So. Give me a first round pick and, and I'll, and, and I'll take that bad contract for you. Cause I need that extra money on the books to, to get to the floor. Well, that's why you, you made me think of two things. Uh, well, I guess first off with the Coyotes, I mean, that, that's a, the only problem I have with that comparison is the fact that their management is just – Well, they don't have owners. <laughs> if Pirates fans think the nutting is bad, which, I mean, he's could be better. The Coyotes, I mean, they went through how many owners, GMs and everything. Team. Like, they – that the league took over the ownership for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. That that organization's in shambles. But um, which I am actually watching Avalanche Lightning on the side. But it made me think about. Um, <laughs> I think it was the Lightning. Was it the Lightning or 
last year, like I looked at one of the uh, roster resources or whatever, and Marion Gabrick was still listed. And I'm like, yeah. Marion Gabrick Chris, hasn't played in like five years. Gilbert Arenas contract. Chris Pronger got put in the Hall of Fame while he was still technically under contract because yeah, well, he had been I'm out kidding. of hockey so that he had been out of hockey for that long yeah. that that he was still eligible for the Hall of Fame. But that contract was so bad and and stuff like that that mm-hmm. they they just someone ate that contract to and you know took a couple drafts. So yeah. There, there are downsides yeah. to stuff like that. I mean, yeah, the, the Coyotes make the, the – or some teams, they scrape by and they get to the floor because they have to. But, mm-hmm. like, are they ever really competitive? Okay. Now, yeah. th- this this one, like, crazy idea came up in my head, and mm-hmm. I'm going to say it before we run out of time here, and then I'll just reset the links out. It would never work out, like, logistically, but just imagine, like, a relegation system like they do in Europe with soccer, with (laughs) baseball. Just imagine the craziness that would ensue. Like, I understand the money and and shit would never work out, but just imagine that. Like, you would have teams on the bottom literally fighting to stay up. It's it's crazy to think about. I mean, like, if I – I'd imagine, like, I wouldn't be doing this my service as a Pirates fan and saying that would nothing actually care if, if he got really as, as long as he's turning a profit. <laughs> I mean, we're called a triple A team, so we might as well run the relegation. Might as well be system. a triple A team. Right, exactly. <laughs> like I, have I really the curve wonder, go up. Like it's crazy to think about. Yeah, I, I really do wonder about his motive sometimes. And that's why even when he uh he's a recently sold well, yeah, but even still, like, because even with him selling Seven Springs, I was really surprised because I'm like, man, he sold that, what was it, like $125 million? I think he reinvested he, in other resorts or though after. Like, he but, put that money back into, I don't know what yeah, he did with it. But, like, he, uh, people love to bring up that he's a top 10 richest owner. It's like, no, he's not. He's, he's barely top 25 now. Like, yeah. his net worth, his net worth in, like, 20 years hasn't moved. The Pirates have been shooting up in valuation. His net worth hasn't moved. So I'm also like, he's a businessman, but I'm like, maybe he's just a really bad businessman. (laughs) He could be. Could be. be. I mean, he's still a billionaire, but his two billion is still two billion. He's not Steinbrenner. Let's just say that. He ain't Steve Steve Cohen. No. No. Um, The Mets are just going bananas with their fucking salary, man. It's that whole situation is just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. If you're any kind of worried about a salary cap or something like that, knowing that you'd probably get like a pass or or whatever like that, if you sign, like, there's no reason not to go just like ape shit crazy like they did just sign as many people as possible. And he's like, well, look, look how much salary we have. You're just going to have yeah. to make an exception for us. <laughs> well, I guess, And that's the one thing I know, like when you talk about Tyler Anderson, you're like, what, you're just going to give Tyler Anderson 12 and a half now? And it'd, it'd probably be, I mean, I don't know too much about the NBA. I'm not a big basketball person, but I feel like it'd be like that. When, what was it? They like doubled their salary cap and they were just handing out stupid contracts that one year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they were, yeah, they were just and, they were signing six men to like two year, $80 million contracts. 
All right. So, you know, looking through these questions here, uh, Queen Banshee strikes again, although technically it wasn't in question form. She did comment on it. So got to talk about it. It deals with revenue sharing. And, you know, she basically asked, how would how would you do revenue sharing per se? Like when you say full revenue sharing, how full are we talking? Are you saying that every team gets uh, the exact same amount? Or are you saying that only players get revenue and functionally the league is owned by the players? Like what, 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 what's the revenue sharing going to look like here? And I know off air, you know, Nola was going in about uh, revenue sharing a little bit. So you're the guest of honor. So go ahead. Uh Oh, (laughs) I mean, well, I guess the thing is it, it kind of parlays on the, uh, when talking about, uh, doing a cap system but um i mean i if they were to do some revenue sharing the way i would see it is i mean for starters i feel like the way a lot of people look at it is that they look at each team as an individual company as opposed to the mlb as a whole as a company and they're just they only want like a portion of the teams to really make bank bring in the cash and the other teams suffer from a market standpoint. But if they were to do some kind of revenue sharing, the way I would think of it as is basically, you know, kind of like how insurance works for say like an apartment or a condo where gates in is, you know, goes towards the entire league and then gates out is like each individual team. So like parking and all that kind of stuff, but gates in, and then TV contracts, everything surrounding the game itself, making a pot and just splitting that among the teams. Because, again, I mean, you want – to me, I would feel like you want the entire league as a whole to succeed yeah, and extend to different markets. Because, in a way, your market in Boston, New York, L.A., there really isn't much more room for growth because it's already like max it's capacity. Whereas, yeah. It, yeah. It's at its peak. Whereas like the small market teams, you know, like pirates fans, they just stop caring. So you still have a whole swath of fans that if they have a more competitive team, they're going to come back and they're going to get intrigued. And I mean, so you do that with all the other markets, you know, your Oakland, your Tampa. I mean, the brewers have found a way to brewers and the Cardinals of course, in our division, have found a way to continue to succeed even in uh, smaller markets. But, I mean, like you think about, you know, since we keep bringing up NHL, like the Nashville Predators, when they made their Stanley Cup run, like that city went crazy and all of a sudden became a huge hockey town. Just from like one Stanley Cup run. Smashville. That jersey was so bad. It was bad. I I, I don't even want to get into that, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, no, but and then, well, yeah, I mean, I just feel like they need to increase their market, basically. And that's why even with the Pirates, I think it's a good idea that they're really extending into, like, uh, with, like, the Asian players. Because, you know, kind of like the way the premier soccer leagues work, you know, if you have a Kevin De Bruyne, 
a ger- who's German, you're going to have a huge following of German fans. Yeah. So the Pirates bringing in Korean players, a Yoshi, you know, if they get some other guys on the roster, they're going to be bringing in a whole new pack of fans that yeah. want to see those players. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> uh, I think it was – I was listening to a Baseball America's podcast, and they were talking about the Pirates system uh, for like 10 or 11 seconds, and I wrote about it on Around the Horn where they said the Pirates have always been players in the international market, but their scouting and, uh, I guess, claws that they dug into Asia have been, like, remarkable. I mean, you look at the guys mm-hmm. that they've brought in. They got Chang, Chen, and the other Chang now. And, yeah. you know, Bay is another example, although he wasn't technically ours at first. Yeah. Yoshi, like you said, it's – you're bringing in an Asian market, which could be, you know, pay dividends upon dividends upon dividends for years to come mm-hmm. if you continue to develop uh, these guys. Now, in terms of better marketing, do you think MLB should, I, I don't know how to put this, like promote guys like Tatis and Acuna and, you know, oh, they definitely, they definitely better. need to start promoting their players a lot more. Yeah. A lot yeah. more like you know people don't know who Otani is people don't know which is crazy to think know. about because Otani yeah. is like the mecca of baseball right now like mm-hmm. dude is taken over and yeah. you ask like a casual sports fan I guarantee you they're not going to really know much about Otani well they probably don't even know much about Mike Trout that's even more insane to think about because it Trout let's be fair is probably one of the best hitters of our generation right now, like right oh, now, yeah. like, yeah. and <laughs> no one sees Mike Trout. Never. Like Mike Trout is no. nowhere to be found. It's sad. It's sad to think about like the average fan's age. I think the last time I checked was like 42. Like that's a problem. That's a major problem. Yeah. No one's going to want to participate in baseball anymore. Like, eventually, baseball is going to die if it continues the way it has. It's in the dark ages. It's well behind every other major sport. I would even argue to say NASCAR is ahead of baseball. Uh, there's a probability. Yeah. It's this, this, this definitely ha- doesn't help. And if we're talking, like, it on the heading down the wrong path, this was a nice little shove down the wrong path the whole CBA in this offseason, how everything's going. Because, mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't remember who said it, but I saw it on Twitter or something like that. This, they said, you know, last time baseball went through this, we had, like, the steroid era kind of save, save us and stuff like that. Do we really have anything like that that can, I mean, I mean, that, that, Tony, it's, I mean if they start turning, turning and looking the other way and just, like, you know, Start letting everyone juice again. It's no coincidence that they got rid of steroid testing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, come on, man. We're going to see. I think it was Jim Rosati tweeted it out. Kevin Newman, this is your time to shine. Like, (laughs) dude needs to start start juicing. Start hitting that at the infield. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to start hitting the grass more. (laughs) (laughs) Time to juice, Newman. It's time. Him, Cole Tucker, it's going to be crazy, man. They're going to be, like, jacked. We're going to start seeing a home run race. 
Mm-hmm. Um, imagine Yoshi on steroids. That dude's big enough as it is. Jeez. That dude's across like across the river. I'm in the river now, so. <laughs> I don't know, but revenue sharing is something that is, I, I don't know, it, it kind of like goes over my head. It's, it, it's not a difficult, rate. it's not a difficult concept. It's just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's stupid, to be honest with you. Like Murph, I know you said it makes you angry. So why does it make you angry? I, I, I think just like all of this and like just the whole lockout and the whole situation and like that is just. It, it it just the sport that I love that I grew up loving is just like it just a disaster and, and like the whole revenue like that's 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 nice you know it allows things to be on a level playing field but like it, it if you have like that fan base and a and a market base and stuff like that 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 you've proven successful with and stuff like that like I can see where those teams are coming from it's like why why am I getting maybe some money, maybe not a lot of money, but like certain things taken out of my pocket to help out these other teams that aren't putting in the effort yeah. when, when like I've done everything that I'm supposed to do to, to build a fan base and stuff like that, keep mm-hmm. the fan base interested. So I, I don't know. Re- revenue sharing, I feel is like above my, my pay grade kind of thing. <laughs> like that's, that's for, for, um, far smarter minds than than me yeah. specifically to to go over with that like my dad well, has called what, it whatever, whatever needs to be done to to get baseball on the field and and not just like a rush it and like band-aid it but like to fix it kind of thing but mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad equates it to major league baseball's version of welfare <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and <laughs> he's a crazy man like you all know like i've shared stories with you but like he says some things out of pocket that just like it it makes me die on the inside just it's like dude you've become the cringe dad that everyone talks about like i know murph has like crazy ass dad stories yeah we talked about those (laughs) we do i can't wait till father's day to bring those up that's gonna be a fun ass episode um (laughs) But, you know, geared towards a more, you know, fun topic to say, per se, to say. What the fuck am I talking about? But, I mean, first of all, the dude's Twitter handle is just amazing. It's old, dirty boat. Like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, I love the name. Yeah. But um, he asked a pretty good question. He said, Cody, I'm planning on a family vacation out to Harrisburg with a stop in Altoona this summer. It looks like the curve team could be loaded. Other than Priester, Pagaro, and Gonzalez, who else might be on the team worth getting excited about? Because we all need something to get excited about for the kiddos, to eat those curve burgers, to enjoy the sights and scenes in Altoona. So who are some names out there that could be, like, exciting or uh, bring people to the ballpark other than the obvious names i guess you could say so i was thinking about so me when it comes to thinking about altoona that entire rotation just excites me like the potential mm-hmm. rotation and stuff like that so I, I feel i feel like whatever like he's planning that trip there there really isn't a bad day to go to because there's probably going to be a pretty good pitching prospect that's that's taking them out either burroughs majinski kyle nicholas that they got in the stalling trade priester obviously um 
I think out of anyone on the rotation, though, me that intrigues me the most is, is probably Michael Burrows right now. Because, like, he, he's the guy that has, like, in the limited action that we saw from him, like, maybe one of the guys that outside of, like, Jared Jones, because, like, we all know how big I'm on Jared Jones, the next guy that might have the most upside in the system. We saw what he was able to do with just a fastball curveball. Imagine if a third pitch starts coming and he, he shows that he can stay in the rotation. So, mm-hmm. so I think intriguing-wise, he's probably up there for me as well. I have a couple other names, but I'm not going to hog everything for it. I'll, I'll let you guys probably. So for me, probably Burroughs is the guy that, that interests me the most or that's that I'd want to go see. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's Nola Jeffy's boy there with the ginger beard, man. Burroughs got the ginger. <laughs> Oh, that's actually, that's actually a rough subject today because I saw that video Colin Selby and he trimmed his. I'm upset. <laughs> you got to trim it before the season starts, man. You can't go in looking like a hobo like me. Come on, man. He he, he needs he needs to get a Eckelman beard. Eckelman's beard is gorgeous. <laughs> oh my ginger ginger God. claws. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a lot of names to choose in Altoona. I mean, basically, you're inserting Greensboro into Altoona, and we actually get to see these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you, like, really think about it. And the power of Tower, uh, Noah's dude, <laughs> <laughs> Will Matheson, um, he's – I'm not saying he's someone to get excited about, but he definitely turned it on towards the end of Greensboro season. Um mm-hmm. There's no lying about that. I mean, the dude looks like a stick. Uh, you saw the picture of him with the championship belt, and he was all <laughs> he was all ribs at that point. I was concerned for him, man. Like, give him a sandwich or something. Like, I'm I'm really concerned for him. Um, there's some other names that are out there. I think Jace Bowen eventually um, is someone that people need to get excited about because that's my guy but i've been talking to him weekly um he's adopted the toe tap um he definitely has some power and in greensboro that's going to translate um andy rodriguez is someone people should be looking out for i know he's the sexy subject now um he's on everyone's lists um I don't know if we see Bins jump to AAA or not. He might stay in double A just due to his age. Uh, the rotation is nasty, like Murph said. So there's a lot of names out there, but do you have someone in like sticking in your crawl there, Nolan? Is someone like well, out there I'm, for I'm you? actually I'm actually quite upset. You didn't even mention it yet, but I mean I know uh Murph ain't a part of the fan club, but we got Blake Sable. We do have Blake Sable. But I was going to say, because you're the president, I can't take <laughs> over him, man. Like, I'm no, just. No, no. Guess whose name is on the list? <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't know. Do I get rejection? Cody's going to get demoted. Get that shit off, Murph. You can't have that name on there. No. Well, and that's the one thing I was trying to think about, too, is, you know, he says the summer, and it's like, man, when in the summer? Because we could be talking promotions at that time. I mean, he's, again, I don't know if he would fit into those parameters necessarily, but, I mean, Tank Davis could be there by that point. 
that's that's um, the next list. I think that's the next uh, guy on my list. Yeah, I think uh, seeing uh, Triolo continues what he did last year, mm. he'd be excited to see. Um, then, as you know, already said Blake Sable. Just I, I find it interesting. I forget who's been post the guy's uh, Twitter handle, but been posting like those exit velocities and like hard hit balls and stuff. And usually it's for the purpose of cruise. And then I scrolled down and it's like, Oh, wait a second. There's Blake, Blake Sables on there. <laughs> oh wait, Blake Sables on there. So yeah, I mean, and then even throwing out some randoms, you know, Oliver Mateo. I, I mean, I'd love to see that dude live. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I just want to hear the snap of that glove. Just because I, I still remember in college, my buddy and I, uh, it was Strasburg's rookie year. Uh, and they came, this is when I was going to Kent State, and they came to Cleveland. And we, you could hear his change up hit the mitt from the Ooh. stands, from the nosebleed. We were just, it was just amazing. What was his change up, like 96? <laughs> Dude, I, I think then it was like 92, 93. God damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was his fastball? Uh, around then, I would think high 90s. Yeah, he was hitting triple digits all the time back in the day. Jesus. But that's what I, I think a lot of, uh, yeah, Altoona is going to be mostly seeing if a bunch of guys can uh, continue their trajectory. Lolo Sanchez. Sorry, Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. <laughs> to, to see if he truly had his breakout year last year, you know, if he figured it out. I think someone that no one's mentioned right now is J.C. Flowers. Yeah, J.C. Flowers, another one. I, I, I personally like to see J.C. come out of the pen because yeah. we saw with him starting, it didn't go as well. Um, it, at least that's what the splits looked like last year. It's Greensboro, so it's kind of hard to tell uh, yeah. with pitcher numbers. And, and I think that's something you know you mentioned how well they're going to do as far as trajectory goes, that's going to be a big test for pitchers too. You know, mm-hmm. are yeah. we going to see them perform better in a much better pitcher park or mm-hmm. was Greensboro just a mask for how bad they were? And I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, a guy like Tanaj jumps off the page. If he clears, hopefully he does. Um, Santiago Flores is something. That we need saying, to look out one, for. One I just thought of that uh, is probably a forgotten name by now, but uh, Aaron Shortridge, when he Shortridge, returned, yeah, mm-hmm. he he was looking real good before he got hurt. Yep, Shortridge is someone that I, I was listening to Brad Case's uh, podcast, and he was talking to Shortridge. Dude has a crazy ass story, doesn't he? Oh, I, I hadn't listened yet, so. Oh, you got it. I'm not going to do any spoilers, but you got to listen to it, oh. man. <laughs> You got to listen to Case's podcast. It's excellent. His his last podcast episode was with uh, CSN, Smith and Jigba. Uh, yeah. That dude is laid back as ever. I didn't think he was that laid back. Like, yeah. he's definitely the dude that shows like, – he was, like, talking down the fact that Reggie Jackson and him are, like, friends. Like, he calls him Uncle Reggie. Like <laughs> – like that's fucking Mr. October, and you're acting like, oh, that's. that's I bring Ridge. that up in sentences that didn't even have reason for me to bring that up. <laughs> I woke up, had my uh, morning coffee. Oh, and did you know uh, Uncle Reggie, Reggie Jackson? I know him. 
<laughs> That's yeah, how he put yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. He's like, yeah, me and me and uh, Uncle Reg, we were talking. I was doing some batting cage sessions, and uh, you know, I had to get to the game real quick. And Reggie was like talking my ear off, and I need to get to the game, and I didn't want to tell him like, hey, Reg, I gotta go to the game. Like, dude, I would have just stayed the whole time. Like, fuck the yeah. game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry, coach, I can't come in today. <laughs> right? Man, so so it sounds like I need to throw on my Brad Case Marauders jersey and uh. I still know, can't get over the do. fact that you shook hands with the dude, took a picture with him with his jersey was, on. <laughs> I was so in shock. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? Huh? What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Brad's a good dude, man. I think uh, that that one seamer uh, can play. Hopefully it, it, it does. Uh, well, AAA. Oh, man. Who's, who's that? Uh, the, is it, was it Blake Trinan? Trinan? Trinan, Trinan. Trinan had the one seamer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Pitching Ninja. Yeah. Talk about that. I was like, oh, right there. There's one. Yeah. Fucking 97. Now, Case doesn't have that kind of uh, Vila. No. <laughs> he wishes he did. <laughs> he's uh, he's quite mad about that. Um, but, yeah, I think that I mean, Altoona I mean, Curve team is, like, everyone talks about waves fun. of prospects. Uh you know, the Charrington kind of is bringing along. And Altoona is that second wave. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any other names? I, I, I know there's a lot of names out there. Are, are you guys thinking of someone One else? One name that maybe he isn't like a top prospect, but if you're talking about like just going to a ballpark and probably going to be a fun guy to watch, Matt Gorski. He's almost like a 2020 guy last year with Greensboro. Like Baseball America yeah. said that like his upside was someone that could be a twenty. But maybe he's not like a top prospect or anything like that. But if he if he hits some home runs and steals some bases, that makes for a fun day at the park. So, yeah, no, I'm Gorski is a guy we can look out for. I think uh, Sammy Siani maybe. Yeah, if he gets that I'm, far. Yeah, yeah. I, it's possible. If he gets that far. It's possible. Yeah. Um. I think we're going to see a lot of two jumpers. Honestly, I, I think we're going to see that. It's possible. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a guy like, because we're talking summertime, we could see a guy like. Hmm. I want to. There's, there's that uh, other outfielder we got from the Marlins, Connor Scott. He should be there. Yeah, he'd probably start the year. In in double A, so that'd be fun to see, like because like that whole that that return from the the Marlins right there, and to see. So the Marlins trade wasn't as bad as I thought it was when I look at it. Like originally, it really was. I mean, I mean, it was my initial reaction was like, but then it was like after you know thinking on it and reading on it I was like no that's probably about right 32 about year old catcher <laughs> like yeah 32 year old catcher can't hit not, yeah and I was, shut I was your just dirty mouth him. he can hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that walk off home run that was the coldest was picture of all time man absolutely that was my background for I can't remember how long that was my twitter <laughs> avi forever yeah Oh, wait, yep. you just reminded me. What you got? Oh, and 
I was uh trying to remember her name. At first, well, first off, it's a Bacchus Blonde. It's a Bacchus Blonde kind of night. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, when you were talking about Gorski, because uh, I remember I was talking to John about it uh, in the threads before, um, just how he's just such a toolsy player. It's just he could be a really good player if you just put everything together. And I remember talking about uh, comparing him to, I don't know if you remember, Casey Houston, the outfielder. Okay. He was a, yep. he was a real toolsy outfielder that just – it was his hit tool that he just Never. couldn't put, but the guy was fast. He was a easy center field, strong defense, fast, and major power, but he just could never hit. And I know John was talking about him, and, you know, a lot of, like, scouts or coaches thought that just he had it in him, he just couldn't put it together. And it, it kind of makes me think of Gorski in the same way because, I mean, the dude's great in center field. He's got big power. Yeah. He just he needs to hit the ball. Sorry, I was re- I was responding to a text from from wifey, well, fiance. She uh, oh, she's uh, she's not too happy with me, folks. No, why? I didn't. What'd you do now? I didn't take the trash out, man. Oh, that's that's bad. It's 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 a it's a couch night for me. I'm thinking. That's cool. Well, you, I, got, you need to- I got my PS4 down here. I'm cool. You need to turn yeah, it. You need to turn it. You need to turn it back on and be like, "Hey, where's Nola Jeffy's cookies?" <laughs> hey, man, she's making some. Uh, <laughs> she's making some special cookies for you, man. And no, not the four twenty kind. I promise. Not this time, anyways. Oh, that's good because that, that could get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we got one last question here for you. It's. Uh, I think it was a good one just because it came via email. So, I mean, that kind of made me feel like I did it, uh, you know, did, did it right. Um, but the question is like, it, it's simple. It's, it's a simple question. Who are your top five Pirates prospects? Because lists are the hot thing right now because everyone's dropping them. And sites kind of agree on the top five. It's just the placement. So I guess we're just talking semantics here, but like, who are your top five starting from one on down? And because you're the guest of honor, who's yours? Ooh, I don't know. I think I'm going to need to think on this a little you're bit. You're going to need to think on that one? Okay. All I'm right. going to need to think on this one a little bit more. All right. Yeah. I'll take I'll take the reins on this one. I'll take the reins on the, on the first uh, list to go here. Number one, obviously, O'Neill Cruz. I, I think Cruz is pretty much the consensus for everybody. Um, number two, and this may be a little – controversial i think quinn priester is number two three i have henry davis i know everyone wants davis at two or one not a fan of that right now uh because he really didn't show a whole lot because he got hurt not his fault uh four this may come back to bite me on the ass a little bit i think rowanzi i think rowanzi's four Five, I had a hard time because there's like 10 guys that you could put at five, in my opinion. And I wavered back and forth on it. And I don't know if it's the right call. 
So <laughs> I'll save my fifth one for last because I think it's going to like get people uh, riled up and I want to save the, the shocker for last. So Murph, go ahead. Cool. So you're going to leave me with that. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, um, because so, just because he just wants to get the last I, I word. I think everyone's, I think everyone's like three or four is about the same probably. It's just like you can rearrange them any which way. I have O'Neill Cruz at the top. Uh, I kind of jump back and forth between Roranzi and Henry Davis at two and three. I ended up with Davis at two just because, uh, like, maybe he doesn't end up as a catcher, but the bat's still really good and the power's there. So, and so that leaves Contreras at three. Um, I end up with Priester at four, and then Nick Gonzalez at five. I have a little thing that I, I, I like. I'll let you guys go everything, but actually, like part of me, depending on the way I want to look at that list and the way I put the list together, part of me really wanted to put Pagero over Gonzalez, and that's mainly because of the the premium premium position. I see your look now, so so. Pagero's the premium position. He can, you know, field his speed, and he hit at high A at a much younger level. And I and I think he he was looking like he belonged at times more than maybe other hitters, and especially with it being a hitter's ballpark. And just compared to age, I think the upside is just maybe higher. Like obviously the upside on Gonzalez, like like he has the swing and all this kind of stuff that he can be like a batting title contender and stuff like that. But like he plays second, there's a lot a lot more red flags I think lifted Nick Gonzalez's way than Piguero's way in 2021. And now that I'm kind of going through that, like if I can change my answer, I think I kind of want to change my answer <laughs> now that I've said it out loud. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but no, 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 no. Yeah, like I would rather I think have Figueroa over Gonzalez. I, I, I think there are more red flags raised by Nick Gonzalez this season than there was Figueroa's. And then, and when you factor in the age comparison, then yeah, I, 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 I think I'd be okay with having Figueroa over Gonzalez right now. Okay, if we expanded it to six, is Gonzalez at six? I'm guessing the way you're saying that is probably he's not in your six then. Since in you my, brought that up, but but it, my next guy, my next guy, like I wrote down like as fast as I could, as many names as I could to be at the top. My next name on that list would be Endy, and I think I think for now, for now, just because like Endy had a really good year, but it was also in Bradenton. I think for now, to like going into the season, I'm okay with Gonzalez being over over um, Endy. That can definitely change very quickly. How depending how double A rolls out for for Gonzalez, you name my number so, and I'll always take into I'll always take into <laughs> account like no matter how good ND does in Greensboro this year, like I, I'm not going to forget the fact that it's Greensboro and and some of those numbers are going to be inflated. Yeah, power numbers but, are going to be inflated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like if if he's ma- still making really solid contact and stuff like that, okay, that's that's fine. I'll, I'll still buy buy into it. Like the home run numbers and stuff like that, I'm not going to pay as much attention to going into it. Yeah. So. All right, Bayou Batty. 
You had some time. Oh, man. Got, man. <laughs> oh, man. Cody's well, got something really good for us, then, if he, if he's still trying to hold out on it. Well, I mean, well, I guess uh, the answer I gave Cody the other night was uh, number one, Blake Sable. And number two, Blake Sable. <laughs> number three, Blake Sable. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean – Obviously, yeah, I, I think uh, you pretty much have to have crew the number one just because of the upside, the proximity to the majors. Like, he's right there. So, I think he's a pretty clear-cut number one. Yeah. And then somewhat, for the same reason, Ronzi at two, just because of, you know, your upside and everything, and he's already been up there. And I mean, he he shoved in Altuna, Altuna, he shoved in his four innings, and then he shoved in the AFL. So I think he's a good uh, two. Um, Priester at three, because I think uh, like when we talk about the um, Greensboro and all that, and I know you did the article on that as well about his home and the waste splits. Yeah, I I think. Being in Altoona, he's gonna. I think we're really gonna see him shine next year in Altoona. Just another year under his belt, matured. I mean, he looks like an absolute tank in those clips. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's right. Four and five feels so difficult. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm going to say Tank Davis at four just because of the bat potential. Um, yeah, bat potential. And I'm just think, thinking on him, you know, kind of makes you want to drop him just because, I mean, he's a catcher, but he's not a great catcher. But at the same time, it's not going to really matter. So then do you still hold if they get the automatic strike zone? So then yeah. you still hold that in regard the way they do. Cause like I like uh, who was it? Uh, I think Keith Law's. Keith Law is like a big dude on defense. Like that's his. Yeah, well, that's what was kind of weird about his list is he would he took Cruz down because he might not stick his shortstop, but he has other outfielders higher above Cruz. Yeah. Even though he's like moving to the outfield, brings him down. I I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So um, Nikki G at five, and then. I feel like six through ten is a bunch of guys that could easily jump top five. Like Pagero, to me, is someone that I want to see some more out of in Altoona with uh, seeing how the bat plays. Maybe he adds a little weight, a little more loft to his swing. And the defense, I'm not worried, really that worried about. It's just when he matures a little bit more, because um, you would – in the few games we got to watch, you would see some, he would make some miraculous plays, but then some of those plays they talk about where it's just like a lapse in judgment or trying to be mm-hmm. too fancy. Um, but I mean, the, the defense should play as he progresses. Um, I'm not sure about, I just want, I want to see the hitting tool and maybe a little more power progress a little bit, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, six, six through 10, just, it, you know, you could throw like Burroughs, Jones, Andy, all of them in there. It's like they're on the cusp. Mm. 
All right. So I guess I got to give my number five now. Um, <laughs> uh, it, like I said, I, I had I had a debate in, in my head this entire time, even when you guys were talking. I Jared Jones was up there with me. Uh, Burroughs, Majinski, Andy, Piguero, Nikki G. I mean, that's six names off the top of my head. I narrowed it down to Jared Jones, Nikki G, and Andy. Personally, I think Andy deserves to be number five. That's my five. But if I have to have a 5A, 5B, it's Andy and it's Jared Jones. So you can interchange either one of those guys. And I know everyone's going to say, what the fuck are you talking about, Jared? He, he's super young, doesn't deserve to be there. He hasn't developed, yada, yada, yada. I get that. But the kid has plus shit already. His fastball plays. His breaking stuff plays. I, the changeup is coming along. Like Murph did the video on Jared Jones' changeup, and it was a shitty changeup, he told me, and it fooled the batter completely. I get it's Bradenton, but still, that's a high school kid who was yep. a two-way player mm-hmm. and a pretty damn good two-way player from what I can understand. So not a whole lot of pitching experience, and he still is doing that. So I think Jared Jones doesn't quite get the edge over Andy just because of Andy's athleticism. Uh, I think that's going to play major, major dividends when he gets higher up in the levels. But Jared Jones needs to be looked at a lot more closely than what people are doing. But Andy's five for me. I know it's not as controversial as I said. I wanted to hype it up because that's, that's a I nice Andy to the list. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> having too many Bacchus blondes there, buddy. <laughs> But no, guys, this this has been uh, a v- extremely long episode, as we both know. <laughs> um, but it's been a fun one. I, I think uh, if we had any more questions, we'd run into the next day uh, in terms of recording. Yep. So um, it's end uh, on a end end the perfect note. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's it's been a good episode uh boys and girls and shout out to nola for coming on the podcast and you know just chatting with the boys here uh it's been a it's been thanks for having me of course and and (laughs) you know we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna bring you on a lot lot more trust me uh because you bring the ratings you we're gonna market you better than mlb markets anyone else Oh, and, I could, and then I could tell the story of how tonight I found out that uh, Tatis is my neighbor. What? No, I'm kidding. I'm on, <laughs> oh, way, to, I'm on, to, on my way to the gym. I, on my way to the gym, I passed by this building that had a huge sign out the front that said Dominican Friars. I was like, ah, Tatis must live there. <laughs> Jeez. No lie, before we end the episode, every day on the way to school, my dad would drop me off, right? And there was a Hungarian social club uh, by the school. And I'll never forget it, man. Every time we pass it, my dad would say, hey, do you think if I went in there and said I'm hungry, they'd feed me? And it took me about (laughs) 20-ish minutes to get the joke. 
And that joke will live with me the rest of my life. Like, do you think if I tell them I'm hungry, they'll give me food? Like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> like, stop it. Just stop it right now. Get some help. Like Michael Jordan said. But, uh, no. We got to end the episode because, like I said, the, the, the wifey back there is uh, not too happy with me. <laughs> this went on way longer than expected. But, like I said, it's been a fun one, boys. Um, as usual, we'll give out our socials so you can follow us. God damn it. Uh, I'll tell Cody to take the trash out. Yes. I I need to take the trash out. Uh, pronto. I'd appreciate a follow on Twitter at Murfanko. That's M U R P H A N K O. Uh, I would also appreciate a follow on Instagram. Uh, it's at Murfanko experience, uh, put an underscore in the middle of those two words. Uh, and you'll find me, uh, Murph. Big Bear, give us your socials. <laughs> Man, it's late, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, as always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy88. Yeah. And uh, Bayou Batty, what's your handles, man? At Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. I, really I just talk shit to people. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Rant Guy. (laughs) Keeps things interesting. Yes, and as we all know, it it was uh, six hours of Murph's life he spent uh, with good old Rant Guy. But I can't get back. O'Neill Cruz is Aaron Judge. Yes, he's going to put up exact same numbers, everything. He's a combination of Aaron Judge and Barry Bonds. This this is how we'll find out if he listens. Yes. He does. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, he, he's a pretty good guy when it comes to promoting us because, oh, I yeah, mean, he always shouts us out. As soon as he comes across something that he hears that he doesn't like, he goes straight to Twitter with it. Yes. So, and I love it because that means he's listening, and, and we appreciate absolutely. you listening, man. Brian, yeah, we appreciate man. you listening. Um, also, next episode, uh, Got a little bit of burying the hatchets to do. Uh, as, as we all know, there is, uh, there's been some Twitter spats between me and my counterpart. Uh, I still say he stole my name, goddammit. He stole it, and he added a K to it. No, I'm kidding, man. Cody, uh, if you're listening to the show, man, can't wait to have you on. Uh, it, it'll be a fun one. Going to talk some yep. prospects. and uh, Yeah, it's, it, it'll be a fun one, boys and girls. But as always, we love you. Have a good rest of your day. Eat a healthy meal. Drink some water. Now, fuck water, man. I I, I drink uh, soda and coffee. It's all I do. Um, But you should probably not do what I do. I'm a bad influence. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a bad influence. Can't wait to get on Wordle. Gonna kill it on Wordle again. 20-word streak coming. Here we go. (laughs) But no, guys, got to end the episode. Love you. Let's go, Bucks. Murph. Let's go back.